0: Previously, on the Simply Human Podcast.
1: We would get up on the diving board, like, you know, before we had jumped in that first time, we were all still dry, and we would, like, just pee all over ourselves. Okay,
2: what's not we, that, you, and also my brother. Your brother, yeah. No, I, I would pee in the water when I was in the water, like a gentleman does.
1: It's episode 37 of the Simply Human Podcast, with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings, being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is a longtime friend of both of ours, preacher, pastor, whatever you want to call him, Luke Norsworthy, is just a wealth of information and uh, really have a cool conversation coming up with Luke. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the humans being human segment and the first humans being human open with Ginny Gagne, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you? Things are good. By
2: the, by the way, uh, happy birthday.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. And this is probably in the history of the Simply Human podcast. We have never recorded for the show like this late to to airtime. So this is going to be the most current um, recording we've ever done. So my yeah, my birthday was yesterday. I turned 33 uh, so yeah, it was a uh, it was a day full of Facebook uh, birthday reco- uh Can, can we things? all as a
2: society by the way? Can we agree to say that like the Facebook birthday is just it's a is, farce? Yeah, can we stop doing that? And <laughs> you will probably notice I didn't do that for you. Thank I'm you. an active Facebooker. Yeah, I have a policy. I don't do that. I right. don't say happy birthday on Facebook. If it's someone that I would I, now I'll use Facebook to ro- remind me of birthdays, but If it's someone that I need to say happy birthday to, a very close friend, uh, a a family member, something along those lines, I will actually, like I did to you, I will email or I will text or I will call. uh, But like the Facebook, like, and people have shortened, instead of just putting on your wall happy birthday, they've shortened HBD. I'm like, okay, (laughs) can we fast food like our society anymore? Instead of like Uh. reaching out to be like, hey, buddy, happy birthday, my friend. HPD! You're driving past their house, shouting at them with your windows (laughs) down in your car. (laughs) Happy (laughs) birthday, dude! And driving off. So that's. I I meant to. uh, Yeah. So yeah, I I feel like maybe we could all.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. On my Facebook page, my wife knows how adamantly I am opposed to like the Happy 12th Anniversary to the Moon of My Stars, my husband. Oh, my life would be nothing without you and your beautiful face and your neck. Like, what? Just do that stuff in private. Yeah, why don't you
2: just roll over in bed and say that (laughs) instead of like, (laughs) hang on, let me grab my phone real quick. Although I've been guilty of that before. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, uh, we're using, at this point, we're using social media to replace like the inter, to be an intermediary between our interpersonal (laughs) contacts instead of like, yeah. I want you to just roll over and tell
1: them. Yeah, so my wife wrote me like a really nice personal card, obviously. And then on Facebook, she wrote something like, "Happy birthday. Y- you know, you better count yourself lucky that I'm I'm your wife," or something, you know, like something sarcastic. Yeah. And I was like, "Thank you." That is how the spousal birthday wish should go on Facebook. And I even wrote in like the comments, you know, made some stupid comment about how ridiculous all that is. So anyway, as my sort of protest, uh, I was cuz you can't just say that, like cuz people will know that you're talking about then. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the, you've, you're hitting on a whole other topic of like yeah. Facebooking that I want to do that I can't do. Like, uh, the person that has like the <laughs> joint husband, wife, uh, account. Oh, right. Like, uh, John and John and Jane Smith, or John and Jane Love Smith, or st- stuff like that. Like uh, wow, I can't. Like I'd love to make snarky comments. Like, right. hey, why don't you just? It's free. It takes like two seconds yeah, to sign up. Once you make on. your own, but like I know a million people that do that. Like,
1: what, what you I don't know. trust each other? You can't have your own uh, Facebook yeah. messages. Okay, um, moving on. I would. I, I, it has been weeks, and I keep forgetting to thank opportunities for sending me oh, yeah. some stuff. And it's it's a tea that has really a lot of great ingredients. And it's it's like it's not in a tea bag. It's like uh, it's just like a powder, and you just mix it up. You can either do it in cold or hot. But I will link to the show notes, uh, link in the show notes, the stuff. And it's Greg Bastin is the one who uh, who sent it to me. So thank you, Greg, for sending me the opportunities. And it's spelled like. Not T-Y at the end. It's T-E-A-S. Oh, so uh, it's a pun. Aha! I love it. So uh, so, thank you to Greg for sending uh, the opportunity. So check them out. Uh, like I said, you can either Google it or I will uh, link to it in the show notes. Um, and also, I'm still working on... I think I fixed the iTunes feed problem where we only can show 25 episodes. And Rick, I also figured out... You know how they're kind of out of order? Yeah, Some yeah. of them have like just randomly like moved up. It's because if I go in and like edit something... And like change anything, it like re- republishes it to iTunes. Oh, okay. so that's that, those are ones that I've gone in and like added an, a, a link or forgot to do, you know, made a little, you know, a, a grammatical edit or something. Uh, so anyway, that's that's why they're all out of order. Um, there's something that I've I'm, I'm str- I've been struggling with uh, lately, and it's turning the alarm off in the morning. Hmm. And it's like it's like last week. I got up. The you know summertime. Jen's off. The girls are off. You know, obviously everyone's off. And I like your phone. Your phone's not off. My phone is not off. Oh, gotcha. Speaking of Jen, I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get out of here. Super quiet. I didn't even make my coffee because I didn't want to like make any loud noises in the kitchen. I I crept around. I went to extreme measures to stay as super quiet as I possibly could. And I, I was even going to ride my bike to work because we had a hailstorm and my cars totaled and we only had one car. I was going to even leave, you know, Jen the car in case she wanted to go somewhere. The truck, I mean, <laughs> truck. And <laughs> I did, I, you know, all morning, I, I spent the mission of me just keeping everybody asleep. And when I left when I closed the door to the garage, everybody was still asleep. I opened the garage door, got my bike and, and pedaled off. About 15 minutes later when I got to work, I looked down at my phone. I had a text from Jen. I had forgot to set to, to, uh, to uh, disarm the alarm system. So when uh-huh. I so when I opened the garage when I left, I'm like pedaling down the street away from the house. The alarm is like, <laughs> <laughs> you're in your
3: black
2: hoodie, pedaling your bicycle furiously yeah. <laughs> away, and like the police are sending a million officers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like man, what's uh, what's going on down there? It's a
3: guy with a crazy homeless beard.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, so in my effort to be super quiet, I was, I was as loud as I possibly could have been. I could not have made a louder noise. Uh, and, of course, the girls were screaming. Everyone was crying and hysterical because they were scared. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, anyway, uh, that, that's a humans being human story sort of right here at the beginning. And my, and my son, my eight-month-old son, is sitting in my lap uh, chewing on the microphone cord. So, if you hear like, <laughs> and then you stop, you stop hearing my voice, you know what happened. Um, and I'll probably we probably won't uh, release the show if that happens because <laughs> I'll be in the hospital. It'll be the humans
2: being human uh, blooper reel. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let's get to it. Uh, hey, real quick before we okay. do that, we
2: have uh, an additional review. Yes, that yes, that's another thing I keep, uh, thing I keep forgetting. It's a very funny review. It's pretty long. I won't read the whole thing, but it's from Oh, and this uh, the one is the Fret Ninja. Oh, it's and it's, it's brilliant. Titled, this podcast has ruined my life, but he gave us five stars. So it's obvious. It's a very funny review. I encourage everyone to go on iTunes and read this funny review and maybe read some of the other ones and maybe even possibly leave a review yourself for us. I think uh, Mark son has chewed a hole through the mic cable. Hey.
1: Yes. Sorry, did you ask me a question? I thought you were going to read the review and I went and, and checked <laughs> something. No, I am <laughs> saying it's really long, so I can't
2: read the whole thing. But I was, incur- I was, t- it was t- it oh. Mark. I was trying to get people to go I, well, to. I'll, uh, uh,
1: I'll edit. I'll edit that out. <laughs> oh, um, that I
2: awesome. like.
1: I like snuck away thinking you were gonna like read part of that. Uh, I was like,
2: oh man, he's prescient. Like, uh, yeah. his son really did shoot the my <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. That that one was really funny though. I, I had my brother read it too. So. Uh, yeah, so go to iTunes, leave us a review, and also read all of the reviews because we have some some funny ones on there. Uh, lots of poop and butt uh, as well. So that's right, my minion. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I feel like Ace Ventura, is
2: standing out there with his arms open and all the, all birds, the birds flying, flying to him. his arms, <laughs> like the
1: armadillos running to his legs. <laughs> By the way, very very excited about Dumb and Dumber Two. Uh, just we don't want to talk about it, uh, but just extremely excited about. Uh, that that movie. Um, all right, so let's get to the interview with Luke. But before we do, find us online at SimplyHumanLifestyle.com. Go to that page and hit enter the main site, and everything is there: Twitter, the podcast. Uh, you can click on the the nutrients banner, the multivitamin. There is the, the uh, coupon code on there. Everything is uh, is laid out for you. So instead of kind of going through the whole spiel. I'll just say, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com, and everything is there. And if you have any questions or anything, uh, just email me. And I've gotten a lot of cool emails uh, here lately, um, and i had some good interaction with some of our listeners. Um, so, you can also email the show. There's Hunter. There's Hunter at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. So, without further ado, he is ripping the headphones off my head. Here's Luke <laughs> Norsworthy, where we talk about pole vaulting and wrestling Uh, Prayer and Meditation, How God Changes Your Brain, that's a book, Neuroplasticity, Getting Started, Meditating, the Brainwave app, Chants, Prayer Beads, and Being with Family. This is a really cool interview we have with Luke. Joining us on the Simply Human podcast, I am pleased to have, uh, is it Mr. Doctor, Pastor, Preacher, Luke Norsworthy, What, what is it? I go by Archbishop. Archbishop, Luke Dorsworthy. <laughs> yeah, Luke's fine. Luke's fine. Okay, yeah, thanks j- for having me
3: on. I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah, and Rick is on the call as well, and uh, Indeed. we we all have a history. Uh, well that makes it sound real weird (laughs) so (laughs) so
2: one time the three of us were backpacking we got lost in the woods and it came down to like hey which one of us is going to die and eat the other one first there
1: were actually four of us when we set out and only the three of us made it so Luke uh, came in to the university where we went a year after uh, I was there and you came in as a pole vaulter and we all know that only the best athletes are pole vaulters uh, Rick and Luke ended up having a class together, so they have that in common. Uh, yes. Luke and I actually dated the same girl; it was got kind of awkward. Um, okay, not so, at the same time. Yeah, was not it, at the I, th- time? I was gonna say,
2: hey, hey, fellas, uh, I didn't know about this.
1: <laughs> that third girl was Rick. Or that that girl was Rick, <laughs> and it was at the same time. And that's what Before was awkward. the surgery. I was th- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: the prettiest girl at the prom for the first uh. time ever. <laughs> hey, speaking of girls you used to date, you know what I love about living in DFW is I hear uh. your ex girlfriend's voice on the radio all the time. That's really
1: Awesome. So, anyone living in the DFW area or <laughs> that has uh cable <laughs> in in America that knows the show, uh, was it Courtney Loves Dallas? Is um, that what it was called?
3: But, uh, first of all, let me clarify I did not ever date Courtney. That was just you. Right. That's a completely different girl. Different
1: girl. Uh, yeah, but,
3: but she does a, a radio spot for uh, one channel now. Oh, cool.
1: So, yeah. she's in broadcast. Good for her. Maybe you can get her on the show that would actually be very enlightening and interesting and humans being human. Um, <laughs> yeah, she could
2: tell us about all the really super smooth things you did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like try to lift, put my arm around her at the movie and like elbowing her in the forehead, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: That would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to hear
1: that show. <laughs> well, Luke, it's been great having you on Uh <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're just going to do this for thirty minutes. Perfect. Um, well, let's talk about. Okay, tell us your background a little bit athletically, because this is there's the move like a human. There's some athleticism in there, some somewhat, not from me or Rick, but from you. Uh, no. Tell no. us about tell us about your pole vaulting days, and then you also had dreadlocks.
3: Uh, I did. Yes, those are two separate things. <laughs> um, I always say that I like sports more than sports liked me,
1: uh, me and too.
3: so I, I played sports in high school. I. Um, was on the football team. Uh, I wrestled and I ran track. And pole vaulting yeah. was my event in track. And wrestling and pole vaulting were my two better sports. Can you
1: tell us more about wrestling? Uh, can you take <laughs> us through that in yeah. detail?
3: What would you like to know about <laughs> wrestling?
1: Um, nothing. That was just a joke. I'm sorry. You can, tell, you can, <laughs> you can continue funny. about pole vaulting.
3: Okay. Well, um, you know, I, had, um, I do a podcast, and I had uh, Rich Franklin, who's a former UFC champion on the show. Oh, cool. And I told him, those are my two sports and he says i couldn't imagine how someone could do those two sports together and i <laughs> said you know the thing that people don't realize is wrestling and pole voting it's the same uniform
1: it is so the that, same uniform yeah. so that's you're already it. there that's sa- that's save that's save
3: the
2: you save on laundry uh, you save on clothes bills that's good
3: exactly yeah yeah um okay so about uh track um yeah i went to acu did a little pole vaulting there um I was not that good as a pole vaulter, but my claim to fame is there was a girl named Meredith Garner that we went to school with, and she was uh, at ACU on a uh, sprinting uh, scholarship, and I said, Meredith, you should be a pole vaulter. You'd be great at it, and within a year, she had won a Division Two national championship and qualified for the
1: Olympic trials. Wow. And now, hold you're, on. Welcome, is that-
3: America, you're welcome to Luke Norsworthy, America. <laughs> Um, yeah that's the, the best thing i've done for uh <laughs> united states sports Right? is there.
1: that is that the meredith that you simultaneously wrestled and pole vaulted with or is that a different
3: there was no wrestling
1: with <laughs> meredith at all yeah and meredith actually meredith is a good friend uh who is still of mine i don't know if you keep in touch with her but she married a so a very famous uh uh country singer named mark Mar- powell mark Mar- powell and lariat um mark mark powell's he's famous now he's he's somewhat famous um and in the in the country in the Texas country music scene they throw a big festival called yeah uh, yeah the back, out, what is it called the, the Outlaws Outlaws and Legends at the Back Porch yeah. of Texas Google it it's a pretty big deal so that's Meredith yeah I same,
2: is this the same Mark Powell we went to school with that was in club with
1: you he used yeah. oh no, I, yeah, I, let me I didn't
2: know let that. me get
3: this full circle i uh, he was my big brother in club we oh. were in fraternity together and i introduced Mark and Meredith and so i was in their wedding as well so i i know them well
1: Okay. Good. Wow. Good. I had
2: no idea he was famous. Now, like, yeah. uh, wow! I need to pay more attention to the world.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Instead yeah. of
1: like just the the people that are out at you know two in the morning uh, with their pants <laughs> off. Um, yes. Anyway, that's a separate story. So, Luke, tell us sort of okay pole vaulting, and then what have you been doing since then? And then explain to the people why you are on the Simply Human podcast.
3: Well, uh, since pole vaulting, uh, I continue to work out. Obviously, I i've always enjoyed fitness and staying in shape and exercise and uh as the typical post collegiate athlete type person i got interested in crossfit because of the competitive nature of it and it was a challenge and so i did that for a while worked out at a box uh here in the dallas area i dropped out of that because i had a little neck injury uh from my time in abilene i um slipped a disc in my neck while. our strength training coach had encouraged me to put a 72-pound kettlebell around my head to res- uh, in- increase resistance on a push-up type exercise. <laughs> and uh, surprisingly, that didn't work out too well for my neck. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so, like, two days later, I'm in class, no joke. My neck's sore from having this kettlebell around my head. I sneeze, and then half my body starts with my face, and then goes down to my arm, and, my like, my chest goes numb. And then I get nauseous, and I start throwing up, which led me to the hospital. And so, uh, ever since then, <laughs> I haven't been able to go overhead with weight too easily without having like tingling in my left hand happen. And so I, I stopped doing CrossFit once I, you know, my, my arm was going numb throughout the day. And, uh, so I went to more like traditional lifting and I've kind of since evolved back. And now I do like garage gym stuff where I can do a lot of the CrossFit movements. Um, I don't do overhead squats. I don't do a lot of uh, pressing over my head, but uh, I don't do snatch, but I can do a lot of the other stuff, and uh, I continue to work out five or six days a week like that.
1: I have a question for you, and we, when Will Fleming was on, we mentioned the elephant in the room. I'm going to ask you this question. Luke, have you ever used the word snatch in a sermon? Uh, no, and there's no way I ever would. <laughs> okay, not even if you're talking about Olympic weightlifting. Okay, just throwing that out there. Okay, I think you didn't
2: try to shoehorn that in there, Luke. Uh, you'd be remiss if you didn't try to do that. Yes. Okay.
3: Uh, I would also still be employed yeah. if I didn't try to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually, speaking of that, that's a good segue. Uh, tell us what you're doing now and uh, promote your uh, your stuff a little bit.
3: Uh, promote my stuff well uh, i started a church outside of the dallas fort worth area in a little town called corinth and it's a church that's a couple of years old um i also host the newsworthy with norseworthy podcast which is a podcast that i discuss spirituality and christianity and some other cool stuff like that and what else am i supposed to promote promote
1: uh just anything that you want to shamelessly plug um that's that's pretty much all i got right now you have three daughters
3: I have three, do- I don't want to shamelessly plug my daughter. <laughs> yeah,
1: so moving on, oh from, the, moving on from the shameless to plug. Yeah,
3: yeah I've, got fi- uh, I've got a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a
1: baby that is three and a half months old yes. right now. That's awesome. And so, yeah, so Rick's got the two sons, uh, three daughters for you, and two daughters, one son for me. So between us, eight children. There's a lot of children. They can
2: all move into a compound. They can all <laughs> match up together, and we're all good to <laughs> Oh
3: Gosh. Here's the crazy thing. Okay, Father's Day was obviously on Sunday. Yes. My wife goes out of town for the weekend with all of our kids. Perfect. Oh. And people are, people are like, oh, that's terrible for Father's Day. No. And I was like, uh, that's what? amazing for Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. And so I had the house to myself all weekend, which was amazing. Amazing. It was I'm, quiet. I'm like, like, didn't turn the TV on hardly at all, and just enjoy the quiet. Well, then my three kids come home with my wife and I am completely exhausted within three hours like I had been deconditioned to the drama of having that many girls running around the house <laughs> in just
1: a matter of like hours you were deconditioned. <laughs> yeah it was um, that's it was overwhelming to to re-enter that oh, world That is uh, my wheels are turning here. I'm, I think that's what I'm gonna ask for for Father's Day next year is can you please just out leave me alone stand. i can't stand you <laughs> yeah oh that would be greatness yeah and, uh, that has to be a gift that you just can't ask for you just have to pray that it happens i know speaking of and prayer oh yeah prayer yeah. so the reason i wanted to have you on is that we <laughs> we had a conversation uh about meditation prayer mm-hmm. and, and how that sort of helps mitigate stress and keep there are a lot of physical adaptations to that and how you know i don't know if you think this but because i'm not i want to speak for you but to me it seems like the most ancient practices Mm -hmm. are the ones and this is sort of an idea that i I stole from nassim taleb uh that it's like the most ancient practices are the most robust they're the most uh they're the strongest they're the ones that are going to be around forever and and so meditation i think prayer that's that's a reason that there's that prayer and meditation are are in so many of these sort of ancient religions and practices is because yeah. it it, ha- it does such a, a good th- thing for your for your body.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of research about that now that they're actually having the science to back up the traditions and the histories that we have, saying this actually is really good for you. There's a there's a really riveting book uh, entitled "How God Changes Your Brain," uh, breakthrough findings from a leading neuroscientist, and so a lot of the research was done up at uh, Penn. And the research that they're finding is that literally prayer changes your brain. And they say the the mechanism for doing that is neuroplasticity. And that's basically the the ability of the human brain to structurally rearrange itself uh, in response to things that are going on in your life. Okay, And so our brains are able to change and shape and adapt based on what's going on. And they say that contemplation, contemplative prayer is one of the greatest ways to affect the way that you deal with your moods, uh, your notion of yourself, and perceptions of the world. And let me back up and explain what the difference in contemplative prayer and the, the traditional... Uh, like Santa Claus in the sky kind of prayer, which I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong without having prayers in which you request things for God. There's definitely a place for that. There's a place for that in the, the Christian history. But what contemplative prayer is, and I think the science behind it and why it's so fascinating, is the idea of a prolonged focus on a singular topic or some si- singular idea. And so it's less about, God, give me this. God, thank you for that. God, do this in my life. And it's more focusing on your breathing and learning to be present. And a lot of people think, well that isn't that like Buddhist, which is fine. I mean, our Buddhist brothers and sisters do a lot of prayer in that fashion and form. But there's also a strand in Christian history where you have the contemplatives who focus on that same kind of prayer. And that's the kind of prayer I think that really makes the difference in our experience of ourselves and our ability to be present and our ability to engage with stressful things in the world in a peaceful manner
2: so Luke you said contemplative is more like trying to find like something and focus on give me a, a, a more concrete example like what are you like uh, you know what's something that you just focus on like a, an idea or a concept yeah yeah
3: well let me just say what I do my my contemplative prayer is very simple there is a great Christian tradition of people who pray what they call the Jesus Prayer. Which is a, a prayer in which a, a guy from one of the Gospels, a blind guy on the side of the road, calls out to Jesus and says, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And so that's the, this Jesus prayer. And the way that you do the Jesus prayer, uh, according to a lot of the traditions, is you say half of that phrase when you inhale and the other half when you exhale. And that that prayer can be simplified just to say, Lord Jesus, when you inhale, and then when you exhale, say, have mercy on me. And so I, I use prayer beads, not because there's anything like fancy about a piece of string with beads on it but as a way to each time you say the prayer you you move through the, the the necklace or the beads and move one step closer towards the the end of the circle obviously there's no end of the circle that's kind of a pun there <laughs> but the idea is you say a simple thing and you focus on your breathing and that gives you presence and there's a science also behind having something in your hand and that's why you see so many people with rosaries and things like that, that that use these things as prayer aids, because when your hands are doing something kind of monotonous, it gives your brain an ability to focus even more. And so these contemplative prayers, a lot of their emphasis is on slowing your brain down, focusing on your breathing, and, and that gets you the results you're looking for.
2: So it sounds like there's almost two halves to this. There's one half, if you... And, and and I want to be inclusive of everyone who listens to this podcast. There's a lot, a variety of different religious traditions. Some people that aren't religious at all. But there's a, 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 you can make this religious. You can focus on you know the, the religious aspect of it. You know, Lord Jesus, uh, uh, have mercy on me. But you can also there's a physical aspect of the breathing, the trying to simplify your thoughts and trying to kind of empty your head. That even if you're not religious, even if you don't believe in in, in anything. Uh, like high, higher power or whatever, mm-hmm. that this can still be something that you can participate in that can have benefits on your on you personally.
3: Yes, definitely. And that book, uh, How God Changes Your Brain, would go so far as to say that non-religious meditation can also have very similar effects, and if not the same effects. They did a, a study in which they had one one guy who, um, I think his work was in construction, and they had him come in and do meditative exercises, non-religious, just basic meditative exercises exercises focusing on breathing that type of stuff for 10 minutes a day or or five minutes say something brief and they studied him over you know a two month period of time and they found amazing results i mean amazing things with the same kind of stuff about uh your understanding of yourself and your perception of the world and your ability to control your moods after two months those things were were tangibly different Obviously, when he stopped doing that, those results went away. Just as when you stop exercising, those results go away too. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it's limited to just a uh, a Christian or a Buddhist
1: type prayer. Now, like, w- where can someone start? Like, are you looking like what's the minimum like a, that'll have a, a benefit to, in your knowledge? Like five minutes minimum, and then what is like a max? You know, like, okay, you can go an hour is awesome. If you go two hours, there's really no more benefit than if you went one hour or, you know, some something along those lines. Yeah. Well,
3: let's start with if, if you've never done this before, I would encourage a very brief period of time. I would say like a two minute or five minute uh, session. And what I would do is I would get a set my iPhone with a timer on it for that period of time, put your phone in the other side of the room so you don't look at it, and then you focus and you focus on your breathing and you find whatever that chant is for you and just do that for two minutes or five minutes and do that every day and repeat that just as you would work out. You want to work out every day to get the results and start with that. And as you develop more of a habit of this, you don't need the watch anymore. You don't need the clock. You don't need the timer. And you're going to find that the time goes longer and longer as you start to develop this habit and you see the results. Um, I, I, I don't want to make some sort of promise that you see results right away. And sometimes, I think ultimately what, what prayer does sometimes is it removes us out of asking the wrong question and looking for the wrong result. And so sometimes the result of prayer is that you want a different result than you wanted when you started praying. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of, is there too much prayer? Uh, well, there are a lot of mystics out there who pray for absurd amount of time, and they continually do that. So I don't know if there's a, a max out right time, but... If you're like us and you've got young kids, you don't have time to pray for four hours a day. And I don't think any of the the mystics would encourage you to do that.
1: And I know you said you didn't want to promise that there would be uh, immediate results, but I just can't imagine for someone who's living in the in the stressful world that we've created around ourselves that you wouldn't have some type of benefit. And I know I have, and I, and, and I've gotten away from it where I it used to be a daily thing for me. And now, you know, you just kind of get out of the habit and then it's a once in a while thing. So I'm going to you know, try to be more regular about it, but I've got uh, the, have you, do you have any experience with a brainwave app? No, I'm not familiar with okay, that. Okay, so it's like a bi, bi binaural. I think that's what they how they say it. Uh, there's like that's two, not a word. Yeah, it is. I think it is. <laughs> Look it up. Whatever. There's two. There's like a tone that goes in one ear and then a tone that goes in the other ear and it gets you different wave frequencies and there's like different like uh, settings of, of frequencies for like if you're gonna you know, try to go to sleep or if you're just going to calm reflection or if you want to like, you know, sort of wake yourself up before a workout or something. Um, and so like I'll set, you know, 10 minutes and it has an ambiance, you know, noise mm-hmm. that you can pick. Um, and so I will just yeah. try to focus on my breathing, uh, you know, if I'm going to just meditate. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And so there's all sorts of things like, you know, can you, I, I guess, can you count, uh, you know, focus on like the number of breaths that you take?
3: Mm- I wouldn't prescribe something as being uh, inappropriate for contemplative prayer because there are a lot of people with a lot of different traditions that, that try different ways. I've never tried counting. Um, I, I do think the, uh, the monotonous task of repeating the same phrase, and I think probably counting would fit in that kind of monotonous thing that in some ways uh, slows your brain by focusing on something that is really um, a secondary kind of task that you can almost do with your brain off that in some ways will slow down your thinking. And so maybe counting does that for you. I don't know. Um, yeah. You could try it. Yeah.
1: I guess my uh, my chant, I think, is uh, sort of on the inhale, it's like, don't. And on the outhale, exhale, out, outhale. <laughs> it's the exhale. Exhale is, I think, the word the, for the that. The exhale yeah. is more, poop your
3: pants. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. It's a simply
2: human uh, <laughs> uh prescribed uh (laughs) don't poop your
3: pants mantras
2: don't poop your pants
3: it is not a humane thing for the people around you for you to poop your pants yeah that is a good thing yeah but there are other uh, uh, to give more like non-jesus i mean i'm a jesus person so i want everyone to be a jesus person but i don't think contemplative prayers necessitates you being a jesus person Uh, i've heard other prayers that that um uh, a girl from my church shared this one with me where it was uh When she would inhale, it was peace, and she would exhale, it's control. And I think that's a beautiful prayer. Peace, and then as you exhale, you're letting go of control. And that's a really good thing to remind us all that we – one of my favorite authors, uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, has this great line is that we we don't ever lose control – but we lose the illusion that we ever were in control. Right. And so I think there's a great thing about creating contemplative practices that lead us towards that sort of contentment that you are not in control. Yeah, so that's another great one I would encourage. Yeah. One now, thing- are you
2: actually saying these words out loud? Or are you just thinking, like saying them to themselves? Like, exa- like walk me through, like I've never done anything like this before in my life. Walk mm-hmm. me through exactly, I mean – you know, exactly how you would do this. Like, you know, I would turn the lights down. I would go into this room. I would sit like this. Exactly. How would you yep. suggest a beginner do this?
3: Well, well, good. Well, first of all, you just realized that Mark and I set this up as an intervention for you. <laughs> exactly. So we wanted you yes. to start. Uh, what I do every morning, I wake up and I cook the exact same thing for breakfast. I do six eggs with kale and spinach and then some turkey sausage. And I eat that and I do a little reading. I finish that. Uh, I drink my water, and then I go in my office, I shut the door, and uh, uh, I turn my fan on. and then I have two Ottomans that sit down next to my desk. i'm I'm pointing at them as though you guys can see this right now. <laughs> I don't think this is a video podcast, but I'm pointing to them. Uh, and then I kneel on them, and I so I put my elbows on on the uh, the Ottoman, and so they can kind of rock back and forth if I move or whatever. but um and then I have my prayer beads in my hand, and i I just go to town like that. Huh. And so it's a quiet place, which is obviously uh, a very, very much needed environment. Um, and then it's also uh, an environment in which y- you don't have things distracting you. I, I once had a clock that would uh, that would tick every time it moved around, and it annoyed me so much I had to get it out of my office because it interfered with my prayer. I- I You're like in the middle of the
2: meditating, and you get up and take this clock off the wall and just fling it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: yeah, that's basically <laughs> what happened.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so I read a deal um, – I guess about like beginning and starting and not getting frustrated with your mind yeah. wandering and and yeah. like like oh, I can't do this. Well, it's like you have to get practiced at it. And one of the things that I do is like I'll I'll imagine myself. Uh, you know, typically it's like on a beach or something, and I and I'm sort of my eyes are closed, but I'm gazing like out into the ocean, sort of deal. And then so as as distractions come up a songs in my head or I'm thinking about what I'm going to do that day I like in my sort of vision or whatever and this may seem weird but I will like take that and like put it up and there's like a net over the over the beach and I put it up over that net and I'm like and I just like push that stuff away and what I read was like it's not necessarily like being able to just think about nothing for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. it's that even if you have to like sort of re-ground yourself 50 times in the 10 minutes it's that it's that coming back to yep. sort of nothing is what's so beneficial uh yeah
3: no you're definitely definitely right there is a uh, tradition that says you know the the brain is like a uh, uh like
1: a coconut tree in
3: which you know every time you get there it's like a monkey is up on the top of this coconut tree and they knock one down and that's one random thought it's i need to go to the grocery store i need to do this yeah. i need to have this chore done and the brain has tons of things that are always distracting you and there is one uh one mystic who uh, was dealing with this issue with a, with a, uh, a new-to-prayer kind of person. And the person complained, just like you just said, you know, in 10 minutes, my brain went to 50 different things. I got distracted 50 times. And the mystic said, well, it's a beautiful thing that 50 times you refocused on God.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
3: I think that's another way to think about it. Yes, your mind is always going to be distracted, especially as you're learning this new skill and developing this new new habit. But each time you recenter yourself and you refocus, there is a benefit in doing that, that you learn the next time it's a little bit easier to refocus.
1: Hey, will you send me a link or, like, I don't know, I don't, can you get like prayer beads online or anything? like? Uh, or Amazon. That, you can really? get them for like $4 on Amazon. Okay, sweet. So I'll link to that in the show notes because now I'm like going on Amazon. I'm like, ooh, that's a good idea. Because like, anything that you can use to help yourself stay focused, I think is a is a benefit. And so, yeah, so I, I can see how like the prayer beads would be good to like, just sort of have something else. Cause like in my, in my, uh, I don't want to say fantasy, uh, and <laughs> in, like, in, like, in, like my vision oh. on the beach, one of the things that keeps me focused is imagining my hands. Like, like pl- like sinking into the sand yeah. So, and yeah. so it would be nice to actually have something in my hands um, mm-hmm. so anyway yeah that's
3: yeah there you use something with your hands and it if it, it slows your brain so yeah prayer beads are very exceptional for that and you can get them with uh different religious flavors on them um yeah cool yeah i'd recommend that what are some of the benefits? i mean
2: obviously it seems like some of the uh, kind of longer term or medium term, like, uh, benefits you see from this are probably stuff like, I don't know, lower blood pressure and less propensity to freak out and punch somebody in the face. But what are some of the things that like, other than like those probably like kind of obvious sounding benefits, what are some things that like, uh, you've noticed over time that this kind of benefits?
3: Yeah, well, one of the craziest things that I read, I haven't benefited, benefited from this myself, um, but in, in that book, they, they reference spiritual practices uh, slowing the progression of Alzheimer's, which is amazing to think that that kind of thing, uh, prayer meditation, can slow that, um, that terrible disease down. But um, in my own life, you know, what I've experienced is the ability to go to something when I'm stressed or anxious— is the natural thing for me to do is to say that prayer. That prayer for me becomes my recentering thing. So I'm stressed. I'm not in my beginning of my day when I typically pray, but I need to. I know that I'm overwhelmed. I know that I'm letting myself get uh, taken away by worry. And that prayer just kind of comes out. And so it becomes like this natural rhythm that I, I. when I need to be recentered,
1: it just becomes the song that I sing in my head. And, and this is very anecdotal, but like when I started doing this uh, in the fall, my, when my wife was in the uh, hospital for 90 days, is when I, st- I started doing this. Yeah. And it's. it's she's not
2: there talking in your ear. She's in the hospital, all <laughs> <am I> right? <laughs>
1: right. No, I was there with her. Um, and so. One of the things, like, you know, obviously with young kids, and I, I think a lot of the listeners of this podcast have young kids, they can be very frustrating, and they can make you want to uh, mm-hmm. ram your face into something. Yes. And and so, and I have, uh, I've always had a bit of hot temper, and when I started doing this, I, I noticed, like, a few days later that... Uh, there was one time that I could sort of feel that the anger rising and you know and and then I for me it's like it gets to a boiling point and then I snap and you know I don't mm-hmm. beat my kids or anything but it's just like you you may you, know, you might talk to yeah you might talk to them in a way that you you know regret later or, or yeah. yell at them or something and anyway, I was getting to that boiling point and as soon as I would normally have 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 uh, like sort of boiled over, something just like disconnected and I just got really calm mm-hmm. and I was like, this is really weird. Like that was really weird. So I don't know if that's, you know, I, the funny yeah, thing is like, oh that's all in my head. Well, yeah, it is. But there is a tangible difference though in your behavior. Yeah.
3: And that's the, and that's what you can look to. Like I said earlier, I'm really hesitant to prescribe this as the panacea to remove all problems that you have. Right. And I, I know that people in my business, you know, professional Jesus talkers and, and other religious leaders. It's your like business that,
2: card right there? Professor, it is. Professional it is. Jesus talker.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, we typically like to uh, prescribe this as the, the, the thing that's going to take away all your problems. Like if you buy Jesus, then all your problems are going to be gone and you're not going to struggle. And that's just not reality. Yeah. That's not what what Jesus said. I mean, Jesus didn't talk like that. And I don't think you have any of the other great spiritual teachers who say that. I, one of the things you do find in all spiritual traditions is there's an emphasis on two things that lead to change one is suffering if you want to grow suffering i don't care what religion you come from or what what worldview you have people understand that suffering is one of the things that causes you to grow and the other thing is the way of love and prayer and those things somehow they change you and it it changes your your science and you can read people who are far smarter than me about that but what you see in practice is that when you develop these habits and it is your your go-to thing it, it flushes itself out in your time of, of, of struggle. And you know Jesus had this prayer that he told his disciples to pray, which is the Lord's Prayer. And uh, a line in there is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's an interesting thing about the life of Jesus. at the, His time of struggle, at the very end of his life, he's about to be killed, and huh. he's praying in the garden. And one of the things he says is, not my will, but thy will be done. And it's almost like what happens is Jesus has said the prayer that he has prescribed for all of his followers to pray so much that in his time of struggle that comes out.
1: That was really and interesting. I, I never yeah, even noticed that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, that, that's why I do what I do for a <laughs> little. You do what you do for a little. But, <laughs> but the point is, what you do in repetition, and, and this is basic training. I mean, if you if if you're you know trying to learn how to do the Olympic lifts. If you learn and get the the skill down and you know the movement, when you're in the middle of an intense workout and you're exhausted, you're going to go back to what you've practiced.
2: Well, see, that's the parallel for like what I do is that, uh, you know, stress levels can shoot up so rapidly and so quickly. That's why you want to train repetitively on a particular tactic, a particular technique so that you fly into muscle memory. You fly into act and not think. And so that's, you know, that's the interesting parallel that I see off of this for sure. Very yep.
1: good, and uh, as far as suffering, that's why I take cold showers every morning because I'm trying to suffer to make myself a better person. Um, okay, we are un- oh. un- unbelievably we are at thirty minutes, um, and I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone that comes on the show, and that is one: what is one thing that you do to in- that? <laughs> well, start over, do <laughs> the whole interview all over again. <laughs> yeah. What is one thing that you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable?
2: Hmm does not have to be like fitness or health related. It could be anything.
1: Okay. Uh,
3: Something. Give me the question. What do I do to make life more enjoyable? One.
1: One thing that you enjoy about life that you that you you just just gives you joy. Like if you had, you know, you weekend to yourself, the kids are gone, or maybe the kids are the thing. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Something. That, yeah. One thing. Yeah.
3: I, I was going to be kind of cheesy and uh, and say, you know, being with my little girls. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I I I try to remember is that first of all, science. There's science that says like the least happy time of your life is when you have little kids. Like that, you just <laughs> stress, and it, there's just science that says that. I think the book is uh, stumbling upon happiness, and their happiness rates are super low when you have little kids. But in the midst of that, one of the things that I, I try to go back to is gratitude, and uh, at night it is awful putting three girls to bed like oh. you bathe them and someone's crying and someone wants mm. more food no. and oh it's just it can be so stressful but in the midst of that it's such a beautiful me. thing yeah. so uh I, I gave a kind of a really abstract answer oh. to that and i'm sorry i what i really should have said is this
1: pizza mm. well pizza we pizza. had one guy say uh, a really uh elderly, very brilliant, <laughs> really funny. brilliant scientist. And I think I even put it on the last show, Rick, when I said, and remember, and I, I asked him <laughs> that question and there was a long pause and he said, well, there's always sex. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, that was not abstract. Um,
3: no, I and that's a great thing as well. Yes,
1: it is. Okay, well, Luke, I, I wish we hadn't uh, jacked around so much at the beginning because I feel like we could have talked a lot more about all that stuff, but maybe we can have you back on in the future. You have recommended several authors, uh, Height, uh already wrote me back and said no uh, oh, but no. but he, he's saying he's he's writing so he's like denying all interview requests so oh, but i'm gonna Jonathan,
3: that's the book uh, the happiness hypothesis which was
1: brilliant i really enjoyed that book yes and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well but uh thanks for coming on and we will talk to you soon yeah i'd love to come back thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: you're listening to the simply human podcast
1: Thank you, Luke, and uh, I know that I have already put, as I said, the the prayer beads on my Amazon wish list, and I'm I'm probably going to try that, Uh, and since we recorded with Luke last week, I have uh, sort of been uh, re-energized, I guess, in the meditation uh, uh, sector of my life. Uh, Well, and that's
2: something, you know, I think we talked about in the interview, Uh, I've never done, and so I've started to kind of get into it, and yeah, that was probably one of my most you know at least from my perspective most interesting conversations we've had because that's something that people you know that's not i wouldn't say it's not mainstream because it makes it sound like you know we're having people do weird stuff but like it's not something that like a ton of people have done so yeah i i'm already seeing you know some benefits from like mental acuity and things like that i feel like so yeah
1: so hopefully we'll have luke back on and delve a little deeper um uh, in a future podcast but uh Okay, let's get to the Humans Being Human open. The very first one, Jenny Gagne emailed me, and, and she had a couple of stories, and we've actually broken it up. Uh, it, we recorded about 20 minutes, and I've, I've broken it into two 10-minute segments. So we'll have Jenny on again in a couple of weeks. So the interviews, it will sort of end abruptly uh, at the end. Uh, but yeah, she emailed me like just sort of a synopsis of these two stories, and I was like, okay, got have, to gotta have her on. So enjoy the story about a... Kidnapped Python or a Python Who Kidnapped? Ooh. Joining us on the first installment of the Humans Being Human Open, which is where we have sort of invited our listeners to email the show with uh, potentially intriguing, interesting stories. And I must say that Jenny Gagne emailed us with not a very long email. It was probably maybe 50 words, and I wrote her back and said, "We, I've got to hear this. This is kind of crazy." So, Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then let's just let's go right into it.
0: Hi, I'm i I'm a web writer, and I also have a business uh, selling things in second life. Cool. Uh, and I've been uh, semi-paleo for a few years now. It's it's done me well, and uh, heard about your podcast. I figured I'd. Uh, Send you a pitch for a twofer. <laughs>
1: yes, a story. two for one. Yeah. So I and just to kind of to let let the audience know why I was intrigued. The first story had to do with a uh, a reticulated python, and the second was a romantic shark story. And so that's that's what I was like. Okay, uh, here we go. So let's let's start with the first one. And it, it I believe is when you were sixteen. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So um, I worked in a pet shop with a bunch of other random 16-year-olds. <laughs> and uh, the star attraction in the front window of the pet shop was this female reticulated python.
1: Now explain to the non-snake um, people what a reticulated python is.
0: It's, I can't remember if it's the largest or one of the largest snake species, but it—it it, they, they get to be good size. At the time, she was 17 feet long. Whoa! Um, which means she was about, I guess, half grown. and um, her head was about the size of my hand. Wow. And then um, her body was bigger around than my thigh, but not as big around as my waist. Okay. So she was, she was a big girl. Wow. We were pretty sure the owner was feeding her the extra kittens. <laughs>
1: like kittens keep disappearing.
0: Well, every time when people would bring in a new batch of kittens, the the older ones, which would never sell, would just mysteriously disappear. Mm. And then the owner would be like, oh, you don't have to feed the snake this week. So we were pretty mm. sure. Yeah. My,
1: my brother, who is deathly allergic to cats, would would laugh heartily at that story because he hates <laughs> oh. cats. So. Oh,
0: cats must have run away. Oh, what are you going to do? They yeah. keep running off. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave them away to somebody. Yeah, that's it, sure. Yeah, yeah. So one day, I go in to open the store in the morning and the door is open about six inches, like the front door of the store. Okay. And I go in and the whole front half of the store where there's book racks and stuff, it's all knocked over. Oh, boy. Complete chaos. So you're
1: at this point, are you like experienced enough in life to know that your alarm should be going off or were you just like 16 year old like hmm
0: yeah well it was a a strip mall and there were other shop owners opening up around the same time so I wasn't too alarmed I just sort of looked inside the store through the glass to see if there was anyone in there a murderer Uh,
1: lurking (laughs)
0: yeah yeah. and then and then I realized that the um, lid for uh, Daisy's cage was open I was gonna
1: gonna ask her name okay that's good Daisy Daisy.
0: yes well, that's what we called her. Yeah. But uh,
1: the other so. the other animals in the store called her the yeah, they, the cat they murderer. Probably, they
0: pr- her buddies probably called her Sss or something. Yeah. Yeah. all the animals in
2: the pet shop called her.
0: No, get away from me! Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, so I noticed the lid is off, like way off, and Daisy's M I A. Oh boy! So the shop is small enough that it's pretty clear there's nobody actually in the store. So I went in there and checked around. I didn't see her anywhere. Uh, so, I yeah, called how, the owner.
1: How do you, like, not see the 17? Well, you're, you're going, remember,
0: how? the door was open about six inches. Oh, okay, okay. oh, man. This is awesome. So, we, I called the owner. We called the cops. They show The guy shows up, and we explain what we're seeing here. And uh, what we think happened was somebody went in the store and went to take Daisy out of her, her tank and... I don't know if you've had much experience with snakes, but when they feel unsupported, they really want to to find something to hang on to. Okay. And so she wrapped all around him, and he thrashed <gasps> around with her for a while and, like, knocked everything over and then ran away screaming. Good Lord. So...
1: Hold on. Do we ever find this guy? Is there a possibility oh, no, no. that Daisy ate him? Okay. Okay.
0: God, Mark, don't ruin it. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> hey, hey now. Hey now. So, so the police officer asked us, "Well, how do we know? Do we know if the guy took her, or do, and there was nothing else missing as far as we could tell? Do we know if the guy took her, or do we know if she just slithered out the door?" And we said, "Well, you'll know if she slithered out the door if the neighborhood cats start disappearing." <laughs> Oh, my God. And so he said, uh, well, if we get any reports, we'll give you a call.
2: By the way, I'd like to take a very brief time out and congratulate sure. this policeman for like uh, –
1: For actually showing for, up. For, for doing
2: this because I can say with some certainty that at least 95% of police officers, when they arrived and you would say, hey, there's a 17-foot snake on the loose, I would be like, all right, I'm getting the F out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I you'll, would just get in my car and drive away and be like, nope. Snake on the loose,
1: everyone stay case away. Case closed, case
0: closed. It's, let's just say there's a bit more about the police later in the story. Okay. Well, So, about a month passes. No Daisy. No missing cats. We, we have no idea what's going on. Maybe he just took her and kept her. We don't know. Well, about a month later, we get this phone call. And it's the same guy going, come get your snake now. <laughs> and uh, so he gives us an address. And so my coworker and I, both 16-year-old girl, I guess she was 17, we uh, washed up real, real well and got a laundry basket and a towel and we went to this address. And uh, we get there and there's like a dozen cops outside with guns drawn. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently what happened was this guy who took the snake out and got all wrapped up, he lived like a block away and ran away in a panic and somehow got her pride off and she slithered into his bathroom.
1: Wait, so he goes running off in a panic yeah. with her with, still with attached this, like, to it.
0: You know, whatever fifty pound snake. Yeah. So oh, man. she she slithers off into his bathroom and he somehow convinces her to go under his bathroom cabinet and then he nails it shut.
3: Oh whoa. <laughs> so That's
0: meanwhile awesome. he's he's like on a thievery on a, a burglary spree. So the cops are there for an unrelated reason, and then they get there and see that his bathroom cabinet's nailed shut. And
1: they're like, meth is in and there.
0: And they hear. <laughs> and they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll get you out of there, we'll get you out of there. So they little pry boy. open. Stay calm, little girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, And out tumbles this angry, hungry, disoriented, hungry, covered in poop. 17-foot reticulated python. Well, it makes that a humans being human story. But yeah. <laughs> that. Exactly. That's because what made me think of you. I
1: poop <laughs> yeah. I, I poop under my sink, too. It wasn't her poop. It was the guy's poop. He had so, just been pooping so under his sink. So she just
0: pours out from under the sink and just keeps coming out and coming out. Oh. And they go, ha! Jump back out of the bathroom. Slam the door. Jump out of the house. Slam the door. Everybody draws guns. They call for backup. And they call us. <laughs>
1: so And you two- show up with a laundry basket.
0: <laughs> yeah. So these two teenage girls arrive with a laundry basket. <laughs> And they're looking at us like, oh, my God. So we go in there, and we're like, oh, my God, Daisy, you're, oh, your poor nose. Because cause the, the nails were coming through, you know. So she was, like, all scraped up oh. on her nose. And, yeah, poor, well, so little we, poor, poor little snake there. Poor little girl. Well, by then, she was relaxed. We gave her some water. So we put her in the... Um, we sort of fed her into the laundry basket and put the towel over it. And the, it takes two of us to carry this laundry basket. So we're just toting the laundry basket out. And these guys are all just sort of staring at us. <gasps> the cops open like, fire. So do we need to, like, I don't know, sign something? <sighs> or f-? And they're like, no, you could just go. Just go. Just get, get out of take, here. Get the hell out of here. And they, I swear they did not put their guns away until we were out of sight. So it was pretty, pretty entertaining. So oh, then awesome. uh, for the next month, it was my job to um, put Neosporin on Daisy's oh, nose.
1: Oh, poor Daisy.
0: So she was, she was a good sport about it. She didn't try to eat me much. It, it, <laughs> eat she you was, much. It was good.
2: Oh,
3: is there a hilarious. special
0: kind of like Neosporin for snakes? Like, like, uh,
2: or is it just regular human Neosporin?
0: It was just regular Neosporin. Like, I just, I would hold her neck. So imagine like wrapping your hand around your, your wrist yeah. And then I'd have a dollop and neospor in my other hand and I'd just sort of slap it on her nose and rub it back and forth and <laughs> use a q tip to like clear out her nostrils. She really didn't like it, but yeah. it worked.
2: Wow. Burglary of a snake.
0: Wow. Yes. So she's That's good. she's uh she eventually got too big and she's now living at a local zoo. Oh, cool. So I, I haven't been there lately, but um I plan to go up there and see if they have a gigantic reticulated python with a pink nose.
1: Yeah, with scars all over her nose. That's yeah. awesome. And I'll
0: be like, that's Daisy, that's Daisy, yeah. I know her.
1: She was burglared so. once.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was, or she or she uh, kidnapped a guy, depending
1: yeah. on how you want to
2: look at it. <laughs> I uh, say I think that's probably far more appropriate. This guy's going to be filing charges in the <laughs> snake court against yeah. the snake for <laughs> kidnapping Assault. him. Assault.
1: Thank you, Jenny. And like I said, we will have her on again in a couple weeks to tell about a... Uh, Typically, you don't say a, a 9-11 funny story, but it it, it, it was sort of it, it was around in the context of 9-11 and the misunderstanding, but actually a really cool story. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And if you have any stories that you want, uh, you think would be funny for the Humans Being Human segment, or not even funny, just out, outrageous, embarrassing, we've had several people uh, email the show, and uh, we're going to have a few guests on coming up uh, the rest of the summer, which we already have lined up, so that should be fun. Uh, and so moving on to the simply human tip of the week. And it's something that an email from Rick on my birthday prompted. Um, and it, and it, I think when I responded to your email, I said something about like, Oh, PS, you're on my kidney list. And you probably are like, what in the world are you talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: I had an idea, but I actually meant to ask you about that. And I, now it's as good a chance as ever.
1: Perfect. So the tip of the week is have, a kidney list okay and and a kidney list is is a group of people it can be two people it can be five it's not going to be any more than maybe five or six and it's people that it's it's like a group of people that you could call let's say you're in a hospital and you need a kidney and you have one phone call and so you you have 0% chance like if the person there's any chance that the person might say no that you can't call that person right you have to know that they'll just say yeah done i'm on my way so yeah so you Should are on I like any my list?
2: own back first or, yeah. <laughs> that, or will they take care of me?
1: yes and and so i have another friend who calls that the uh, the mexican jail list <laughs> so it's like if you're in a prison in mexico and you have one call like who's the person that if you call they called you and said hey I'm in Mexico in a prison. I need you to come get me. Like, there would be no hesitation. Yeah, I'll be there in however long. So, and and, and the idea there is to develop a close, you know, we were talking about earlier with this Facebook thing. you got thousands of friends on Facebook, but how many of those people would actually do something like epic for you, like come get you out of a Mexican prison or give you their kidney? And so, and, and develop that group and really spend a lot of time with that group because that is really you know, my brothers are on the list. I I, I I think probably maybe I have six or seven people on that list right now and it'll change and that's okay. Uh, but develop that list and really spend a lot of time with those people and calling those people on the phone or spending time with them.
2: Well, you know, life is nothing but just a series of interactions with other people. And, you know, I, I, I'm not morbid and I don't think a lot about my deathbed or whatever, because I don't want, you know, I think that make you crazy, but You know, when you look back, you know, if you do get the opportunity to reflect on your life right before it ends, you don't get hit by a bus or a piano didn't fall out of an airplane on top of your car, you know, you're going to look back on your life and you're, what you're, the things you're going to remember, the impact that your life had on other people and the human, and the, and the special interactions that you had with other people. I would imagine all you're going to think back on is think about people. And so that's important to cultivate these, uh, the important relationships in your life, uh, with your spouse and with your children and with your friends and your close and your close friends, and I, I think you're right. I, without having put much thought into it right now, you know, my kidney list is probably, uh, if you take my wife off of there, uh, you know, maybe four <laughs> people that I can yeah, think of off yeah. the top of my head, and those are the those are the interactions that are the most important right uh, and and that's you know not to uh, pull the curtain back too much but like that's why i sent you a kind of a lengthy email on your birthday is to let you know like you know if we don't recognize that these relationships are special to us then what's the point uh, you you don't well you don't want to take a chance that that someone that's special to you, you haven't told them that. Does that make sense?
1: Right, right, yeah.
2: You know, we're kind of riffing right now, but that's the motivation behind me sending you, like, a somewhat lengthy email on your birthday that said, hey, this is more than just me driving past your house with the windows down in my car, (laughs) shouting HBD at you. (laughs) It's like throwing
1: Uh, a rock at your window.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is me telling you, that, like, hey, you're a special person to me, and it's important that you know that you're special to me. And, you know, I I don't know, it seems kind of – oh, that's off the wall to tell people stuff like that. But you would want them to tell you that. And yeah. that's the, kind of the concept that we're talking about here behind the kidney list.
1: Yeah, so the, so the tip of the week is you can call it whatever you want, but yeah. develop a kidney list. Think about it. Maybe sit down and write down who's on that list and tell those people. That they're on your list. That's that's the tip of the week. So do that. Speaking, this week. speaking
2: of the kidney list, have you ever seen uh, <laughs> the Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David's uh, his, one of his best friends is the comedian Richard Lewis and he needs a kidney?
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that. Okay,
2: well it's like a series of like four or five episodes in like one of the seasons. This his friend of his is dying and like no one wants to give him a kidney. Like I don't I I, I don't, I don't want to give him a kidney and it's. Actually, really funny. Yeah. So, uh, look, yeah, look. Th- there's that some uh, some humans enjoying life there
1: yeah. for you. As well. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next time on the Simply Human Podcast, actually coming up over the next several weeks, it is a who's who of famous people. We've got Sarah Fergoso coming up, Dan Pardee coming up. We've got Kelly Starrett on the uh, hey. on the schedule. You can help solve
2: the problem of why, like, I can't touch my toe.
1: Yeah. Another like one of the the first <laughs> question I'm going to ask Kelly Starrett is, Sir dear sir lord do you have any weaknesses like you are the perfect man okay okay i'm sorry i went a little too far there okay so we got a lot of stuff coming up we have some more of the everyman series uh, coming up so a lot of cool things so stay tuned like us on facebook leave us a review on itunes gotta love the eight month old uh Chewing on some sort of bracelet or something. Uh, I don't think that's uh, swallowable. Okay, good. <laughs> good thing I'm trained in first aid and CPR. Um, all right, <laughs> so find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Everything is there Facebook, YouTube, the Simple Human Kids, Simple Human Moms page, all that is there. The nutrients, multivitamins, and the skinny fat, all that is there. And um, in the, in the coupon code. you can get $10 off the multivitamin, $5 off skinny fat. Thanks again to Greg Baston and the opportunities. And I think that's going to wrap us up. So so that'll do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, I'm going to ask you this question. Luke, have you ever used the word snatch in a sermon? Uh, No, and there's no way I ever would. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, enjoy yourself.